Hey everyone, you're listening to God's Whole Story, a podcast of Worship Center. We know just how hard it is to read God's Word and understand it, so we decided to read the Bible chronologically this year and talk about it together. Thanks so much for joining us. Hey everybody, welcome to God's Whole Story. My name is Ryan. I'm here today with Will Torres. Welcome, hey, Will. Everyone. Hey, Thanks for you, welcomed me. You haven't been on here before, right? Never. Uh, so do you mind just telling us a little bit about like who you are, what you do at Worship Center, and then... We'll jump into Second Peter. Yeah, for sure. Well, as you said, my name is Will Torres. I currently work as an assistant music director uh, for the church, and I'm just helping out planning some of the sets and planning some of the arrangements. And yeah, I just love music. I just graduated from college last year, and so it was really cool to be included yeah. with the whole music making process for worship. So yeah. we have a we have a Christmas Eve service coming up in a couple of days. Seems yeah. like uh seems like being like a musical person connected to the Christmas Eve service seems like that would be a big task actually. Yeah, it's been it's been quite a task just planning all the all the little details and actually all the the bigger details. Um but it's just been a really fun creative process. That's cool. I love it. That's very cool. Yeah. Um so first time on the podcast we're looking at second Peter, actually, I, I don't understand why this why this happens, but they actually cut off the last part of First Peter. So we've been in First Peter for a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. Basically, what we get is just the end of that letter. Uh, we move into Second Peter. So again, we're getting like what I think is the coolest thing about these passages is this is like a firsthand account from Peter. We've read about him in the Gospels. We know the stories about what he was like. This is what he has to say about what it looks like to live a life of faith. Um, and I, I don't think, no, we do. We wrap up Second Peter today. Um, so this is just like a snapshot of what he thinks it means to be a follower of Jesus. Uh, what stuck out to you in the, what stuck out to you in the passage today? Well, it was interesting reading through this. I don't think I, I don't remember reading yeah. this yeah. in the past many years of my life. So this all felt like a, this all feels very fresh. Like the first yeah. time I'm reading it, and. It's it's big stuff. That's like what kind of sticks out to me immediately is just the the dichotomy of yeah, like living a godly life versus what an ungodly life is and the consequences for either of those. It feels like there has been such a strong emphasis uh, for those of you that have been like tracking the past couple of days. There's been such a strong emphasis on what our lives are like, like what, how the way we live our lives reflect Christ. And it, it, I mean, in Second Peter and in some of the books we've read recently, it feels pretty direct and it feels pretty heavy sometimes. Like, oh wow, like it's very important. Like at one point he says, actually, like work, work hard to prove that you are like worthy of God's sacrifice. Uh, this would be Second Peter 1, 10. Dear brothers and sisters, work hard to prove that you really are among those God has called and chosen. Like there's this sense of like Ooh. urgency um, and just like heaviness, like make sure you're living the life that God has for you. And then he does, he jumps into like, this is how God deals with godly people. This is how God deals with ungodly people. And it's, it's interesting anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Man, I, so... In verse five, yeah, just he kind of goes into just this big stack yeah. of things, yeah. just one after the other. 
supplement your faith with a generous provision of moral excellence, moral excellence with knowledge, knowledge with self-control, self-control with patient endurance, endurance with godliness, godliness with brotherly affection, brotherly affection with love for everyone. I I just think back to times where I've been given a task yeah, and like just listed, have been listed off just a bunch of things that yeah. need to have done. It's... It's overwhelming. Like, <laughs> this is not a simple little, uh, oh, hey, just make sure you do these things today. Yeah. Yeah. It is interesting if you look at that. I don't I don't know if this is like a list or if it's like a progression, like if they stack on top of each other or what. Um, but it is interesting. He starts with faith um, and ends with love for everyone. Like the if this is a progression, mm-hmm. actually, even if it's just like a fruits of the spirit kind of situation, mm-hmm. it's like, hey, we know you believe because you believe, like continue to firm up that belief, continue to learn more about that belief, continue to to strive for moral excellence. But ultimately where this leads us is to love those in our community, like it, brotherly affection. That's like love for other believers. Mm-hmm. And then love for everyone expands beyond believers. We've been talking quite a bit about how important uh, love for community was to early believers. That has shown up a lot in these passages we've been reading over the past couple of days. Uh, and Peter doesn't skip that. It's like, hey, make sure that you're like caring for those in the body of believers and care for those outside the body of believers. Yeah. And I mean, even in today's age, I feel like even for me, it's easy to kind of get caught up in the day-to-day things. Oh, and yeah. Forget about the community yeah. that you have available to you yeah and the yeah the the love that you can access with each other and i think that was so crucial to them in the early church like after jesus um ascended they really honed in on that community (laughs) do you think about you think about the life they're living at this time like they they were by no means the majority like they're this tiny group of people um, that have, that they're walking around saying, yeah, that guy that died, he actually like came alive again. Like mm-hmm. it, we're thousands of years removed from this. Like it sounded very crazy. Like it does, it actually still sounds crazy, <laughs> but they were like, wait, what? Like, like I knew that guy. Like I, I saw him crucified. Like you're telling me he came alive again. And now you're like on a mission to build his kingdom. Cause he's coming back. Like, Oh, okay, cool. Um, <laughs> cool story, bro. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> so, like to them, community became important because they they weren't surrounded by people that believed the same things or even understood what they believed. And mm-hmm. so, I was like, hey, like cling to your community of people that are followers of Jesus, and because of that, like enrich the community that you're a part of of people that are, that don't believe in Jesus. Um, we mm-hmm. were actually talking the other day about how important it was to be like thought well of beyond the body of believers. Like your neighbors need to know that you care about them. And so you see Peter hitting on that again. Um, I also love talking about firsthand experience, things that he got to see. Um, If you look at second Peter one, this would be like 16 to 18. Hmm. This is Peter talking about the transfiguration. So we would have read this in the gospels. That's when like a voice from heaven actually says like, Hey, this is my son. I'm pleased with him. Um, Peter touches on this story. He's like, Hey, I saw that. I saw that happen. There's no question in my mind that that happened. And because I saw how God worked, now I'm able to be like, so faithful. I'm so able to cling to the promise. Cause I saw it. Um, mm-hmm. and like, you know, 
not many of us get a chance to stand on a mountain with Jesus and see him transfigured. Yeah, I didn't get that. <laughs> but we do get to see God work in pretty cool ways. Oh, yeah. And it's it's interesting how, like, this doesn't have to be a story of something that was only available to Peter. Like, you can think back on the ways that you've seen God at work, and you were like, oh, that was definitely God. Mm-hmm. And when we remember those stories, when we tell those stories, like, it causes our faith to be stronger. That's really interesting, like, the way that you phrase that. Yeah? Just, like, the importance of stories and passing Yeah, I love that stuff. On it it truly does strengthen yeah over time i think yeah when done yeah in the right way yeah no i i mean i don't even know what the right way is yeah but i think that's interesting well it can um, be like it can be so awkward to tell our stories sometimes like hey uh i just want to tell you about something like god did for me mm-hmm. it's like okay <laughs> <laughs> but it's really important because we want people to know that god is living and active and he's doing things in our lives and it brings glory to him when we share about what he's up to. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty cool. Yeah. And I, I love the wording that Peter uses. Yeah. Where he, he uses we. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I think that's yeah. interesting. Um, yeah. He's not just saying I, but I think, you know, I don't know. It's more powerful when you know that even more people outside of one person experienced that. There were multiple people experiencing this with him. And like, mm-hmm. they would have been people like, Hey, you know, you know, they're still alive. They're still doing things. You can ask them. It's pretty mm-hmm. cool. Um, we get into this idea of time, time, time. Ooh. Yeah. You, you got some time to talk about time. Ah. I think I have some time. To oh talk about this time man. <laughs> um, and you, you had alluded to like this verse you've heard before, like to God, a day is like a thousand years and a thousand years is like a day. Yeah. That is the one little snippet yeah. that I would recognize from this excerpt. Yeah. Second I, Peter. I love that that's in the context of like, God is so patient and God is so loving. Um, if you look at second Peter three, this would be nine. Yeah. Second Peter three, nine, the Lord isn't really being slow about his promise. As some people think he's being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed. He wants everyone to repent. It's this idea that God's actually so gracious and he's so patient with us. And not only is he patient with us, like I'm assuming the majority of people listening, like Mm -hmm. we know a little bit about who God is and what his plan is for our lives. Um, He's so patient with people that don't know him yet. Uh, That's one of the things I found in ministry that's super encouraging is like, you know what? We don't actually have to, there's a lot of time that goes into a person's relationship with God. And to God, I think, I think he's kind of, I think he's patient. I think we can see mm-hmm. that in the book of Jonah where like God's like, Hey, I want these people of Nineveh to repent. Like I've been thinking about them. I have a heart for them. I want to restore them. Um, and that that's not at all what the original audience would have assumed. They'd be like, Oh, those people are terrible. They need to like be punished. Yeah. Um, but this seems to indicate like that's not actually God's will that all these people, he does punish. He definitely does, mm-hmm. but he's patient and he wants people to come to repentance. Yeah. And what's, really fascinating to me is as humans we think that promises or or deals made to us are like being fulfilled when we're seeing progress yeah when we're seeing actions done yeah man hey i I see that you're you're doing such and such that's that's good yeah Yeah. you, you said you would do that but this is like a flip of the script this is saying Hey, God's patience, his his waiting, his his faithfulness 
is for our sake and it's for our good. It's a good thing. Know. Yeah. I don't know. Just because you don't see tangible results in God working on your behalf doesn't mean he's not. Yeah. And we're so instant gratification driven. Like, especially nowadays. It's like, yeah. well, God, I mean, it's been 10 <laughs> minutes. Like, are you even listening to me or what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I, I just, I just love what that has to say about God. It actually reminds me too. There's a, there's a passage in Genesis um, where I forget. Oh man, I'm going to butcher this. But I think God actually says to Abraham, like, hey, you can't go into the promised land yet because like the, the sins of the people in the promised land has not reached their height. And so like it's it's actually like very early on. We're, we're talking Genesis, like where God mm-hmm. is saying, like, hey, I'm patient with people. I want to see if these people will come to repentance. I want them to. So I'm willing to take time. And and like if you know the story that we've been through, like it's a long, 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 it's hundreds of years before the people of Israel end up in the promised land. And a big driving part of that was that God was actually giving people time to find relationship with him and repent. Now, ultimately they are judged, but Mm -hmm. several generations down the line. So I wonder, I always wonder like in those generations in between, were there people that were responding to God's call in their life? I think there were. Um, Mm -hmm. It's just just super cool. The character of God that he's, he's slow to anger. He has a lot of mercy um, and he's, he's patient. So uh, actually, actually, yeah. Second uh, Peter three fifteen. Remember, our Lord's patience gives people time to be saved. This is what our beloved brother Paul also wrote to you. What the wisdom of God gave him. Uh, that, that's actually a hilarious aside. If you're ever confused, <laughs> if you're ever confused by some of uh, Paul's letters, like if you yeah. if you're reading New Testament letters and you're like this is confusing, um, you can take comfort in knowing that Peter actually thought the same thing. He says, he says, he says, Paul wrote to you with the wisdom God gave him speaking of these things in all his letters. Some of his comments are hard to understand. <laughs> this is like firsthand knowledge right here. He's like, yeah, I don't always get it. But, uh, Paul's, Paul's writing his scripture. That actually is a way we can look at that. That this is a way that we can point to the letters of Paul and consider them as like valuable pieces of scripture to us because they were mm-hmm. valuable pieces of scripture to Peter. And he actually wrote it down, and recorded it. So it's kind of neat. Yeah, second never, Peter. Yeah, never thought of that. Before. Yeah, that's very. I like that. That's cool, right? Mm-hmm. Anything else you want to add to this? Oh man, yeah. I mean, it's it's a big call. Yeah, it, it's a big call. Um, but it, it's very comforting and awesome to know that our God, the God that we serve, um is patient through through all of it and that he cares for everyone and has a heart for everyone. Yeah. Yeah. And he's willing to put much more time in than we typically are. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I think it's, it's just important. I think that we view people through like the full scope of their lifetimes and like what God is able to accomplish. I don't know. To me, it's like, it kind of pulls the pressure off. Like we, we still want to, teach people the love of God. We still want to bring the gospel into people's lives, Mm -hmm. but yeah, like people aren't going to respond right away. And sometimes it's because God is giving them the time to like really come to a place where they really authentically love and desire relationship with him. Mm -hmm. So those of you that are praying for those kinds of things, keep praying. Like, yeah, that's the heart of God. Yep. So I think, I don't know why this image came in my head. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do it. It just reminds me of a, of a toaster strudel. I like it. you, You put it in, the toaster and it pops back up 
And you might think it's ready on the outside, but it's not ready on the inside. Oh. You have to give it more time. You have to do it again in order for those insides to be just right. I, that's good. I felt that's, like that applied to that's this patience, yeah, yeah. That's patience, yeah. <laughs> Somebody's looking at their toaster stool this morning like, oh my gosh, Will Torres is talking to me. Yeah. If you're out there right now eating that toaster strudel, make sure you put it one more time. There you go. It, it'll be all worth it. There you go. It's worth the time. <laughs> worth the time. All right, guys. We'll be back tomorrow. Tomorrow we are diving into First John. And uh, for those of you that have been tracking with us this whole year, there's not a lot left. We're going to wrap up the whole Bible pretty quickly here. Woo! So we'll see you tomorrow. Bye. See you. Bye. First Peter 5, starting in verse 12. I have written and sent this short letter to you with the help of Silas, whom I commend to you as a faithful brother. My purpose in writing is to encourage you and to assure you that what you are experiencing is truly part of God's grace for you. Stand firm in this grace. Your sister church here in Babylon sends you greetings, and so does my son Mark. Greet each other with a kiss of love. Peace be with all of you who are in Christ. 2 Peter 1, starting in verse 1. This letter is from Simon Peter, a slave and apostle of Jesus Christ. I'm writing to you to share the same precious faith we have. The faith was given to you because of the justice and fairness of Jesus Christ, our God and Savior. May God give you more and more grace and peace as you grow in your knowledge of God and in Jesus our Lord. By His divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. We have received all of this by coming to know Him, the One who called us to Himself by means of His marvelous glory and excellence. And because of his glory and excellence, he has given us great and precious promises. These are the promises that enable you to share his divine nature and escape the world's corruption caused by human desires. In view of all of this, make every effort to respond to God's promises. Supplement your faith with a generous provision of moral excellence, and moral excellence with knowledge, and knowledge with self-control, and self-control with patient endurance, and patient endurance with godliness, and godliness with brother affection and brotherly affection with love for everyone. The more you grow like this, the more productive and useful you will be in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But those who fail to develop in this way are short-sighted or blind, forgetting that they have been cleansed from their old sins. So, dear brothers and sisters, work hard to prove that you really are among those God has called and chosen. Do these things, and you will never fall away. Then God will give you a grand entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Therefore, I will always remind you about these things, even though, you are all, even though you already know them and are standing firm in the truth you have been taught. And it is only right that I should keep on reminding you as long as I live. For our Lord Jesus Christ has shown me that I must soon leave this earthly life. So I will work hard to make sure that you always remember these things after I am gone. For we were not making up clever stories when we told you about the powerful coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. We saw his majestic splendor with our own eyes when he received honor and glory from God the Father. The voice from the majestic glory of God said to him, This is my dearly loved Son, who brings me great joy. We ourselves heard that voice from heaven when we were with him on the holy mountain. Because of that experience, we have even greater confidence in the message proclaimed by the prophets. You must pay close attention to what they wrote, for their words are like a lamp shining in a dark place. Until the day dawns, and Christ the morning star shines in your hearts. Above all, you must realize that no prophecy in Scripture ever came from the prophet's own understanding or from human initiative. No, these prophets were moved by the Holy Spirit, and they spoke from God. But there were also false prophets in Israel, just as there will be false teachers among you. 
They will cleverly teach destructive heresies and even deny the master who brought them. In this way, they will bring sudden destruction on themselves. Many will follow their evil teaching and shameful immorality, and because of these teachers, the way of truth will be slandered. In their greed, they will make up clever lies to get a hold of your money. But God condemned them long ago, and their destruction will not be delayed. For God did not spare even the angels who sinned. He threw them into hell, in gloomy pits of darkness, where they are being held until the day of judgment. And God did not spare the ancient world, except for Noah and the seven others in his family. Noah warned the world of God's righteous judgment. So God protected Noah when he, de- when he destroyed the world of ungodly people with a vast flood. Later, God condemned the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah and turned them into heaps of ashes. He made them an example of what will happen to ungodly people. But God also rescued Lot out of Sodom because he was a righteous man who was sick of the shameful immorality of the wicked people around him. Yes, Lot was a righteous man who was tormented in his soul by the wickedness he saw and heard day after day. So you see, the Lord knows how to rescue godly people from their trials, even while keeping the wicked under punishment until the day of final judgment. He is especially hard on those who follow their own twisted sexual desire and who despise authority. These people are proud and arrogant, daring even to scoff at the supernatural beings without so much as trembling. But the angels who are greater in power and strength do not dare to bring from the Lord a charge of blasphemy against these supernatural beings. These false teachers are like unthinking animals, creatures of instinct, born to be caught and destroyed. They scoff at things they don't understand, and like animals, they will be destroyed. Their destruction is the reward for the harm they have done. They love to indulge in evil pleasures in broad daylight. They are a disgrace and a stain among you. They delight in deception, even as they eat with you in your fellowship meals. They commit adultery in their eyes, and their desire for sin is never satisfied. They lure unstable people into sin, and they are well-trained in greed. They live under God's curse. They have wandered off the right road and followed the footsteps of Balaam, son of Beor, who loved to earn money by doing wrong. But Balaam was stopped from his mad course when his donkey rebuked him with a human voice. These people are as useless as dried up springs or as a mist blown away by the wind. They are doomed to blackest darkness. They brag about themselves with empty, foolish boasting. With an appeal to twisted sexual desires, they lure back into sin those who barely escape from a lifestyle of deception. They promise freedom, but they themselves are slaves of sin and corruption. For you are a slave to whatever controls you. And when people escape from the wickedness of the world by knowing our Lord Savior Jesus Christ and then getting tangled up and enslaved by sin again, they are worse off than before. It would be better if they had never known the way to righteousness than to know it and then reject a command they were given to a holy life. They prove the truth of this proverb. A dog returns to its vomit, and another says, A washed pig returns to the mud. This is my second letter to you, dear friends, and in both of them I have tried to stimulate your wholesome thinking and refresh your memory. I want you to remember what the holy prophets said long ago and what our Lord and Savior commanded through your apostles. Most importantly, I want to remind you that in the last days, scoffers will come, mocking the truth and following their own desires. They will say, what happened to the promise that Jesus is coming again? From before the times of our ancestors, everything has remained the same since the world was first created. They deliberately forgot that God made the heavens long ago by the word of his command, and he brought the earth out from the water and surrounded it with water. Then he used the water to destroy the ancient world with a mighty flood. And by the same word, the present heavens 
and earth have been stored up for fire. They are being kept for the day of judgment, when ungodly people will be destroyed. But you must not forget this one thing, dear friends. A day is like a thousand years to the Lord, and a thousand years is like a day. The Lord isn't really being slow about His promise, as some people think. No, He is being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed, but wants everyone to repent. But the day of the Lord will come as unexpectedly as a thief. Then the heavens will pass away with a terrible noise, and the very elements themselves will disappear in fire, and the earth and everything on it will be found to deserve judgment. Since everything around us is going to be destroyed like this, what holy and godly lives you should live, looking forward to the day of God and hurrying it along. On that day, he will set the heavens on fire, and the elements will melt away in the flames. But we are looking forward to the new heavens and new earth he has promised, a world filled with God's righteousness. And so, dear friends, while you are waiting for these things to happen, make every effort to be found living peaceful lives that are pure and blameless in his sight. And remember, our Lord's patience gives people time to be saved. This is what our beloved brother Paul also wrote to you with the wisdom God gave him. Speaking of these things in all of his letters, some of his comments are hard to understand, and those who are ignorant and unstable have twisted his letters to mean something quite different, just as they do with other parts of Scripture, and this will result in their destruction. You already know these things, dear friends, so be on guard. Then you will not be carried away by the errors of these wicked people and lose your own secure footing. Rather, you must grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. All glory to Him, both now and forever. Amen. Hey guys, this is Ryan, and I hope you are getting a lot out of God's whole story. Uh, it means a lot to us even as we are reading through God's Word every single day in the order that it happened. Um, if you want to go ahead and follow us, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at God's Whole Story Podcast. Uh, we would love it if you would share this thing with your friends or people that you know, or just share what's sticking out to you. Uh, you can either send us a DM, or you could actually email us at podcasts at worshipcenter.org. You can email us if you have any questions, if something stuck out to you, if you'd like us to pray for you. And if you want a Bible, if you don't have one right now, or if you want a copy of the one that we're using to go through God's whole story, we'd be happy to send that to you. So go ahead and reach out to us in any way that you'd like. We'd love to hear from you. Have a great day.